Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and music, focusing on two spiritual twin albums by artist Beck, and that is Sea Change and Morning Face. To hash it out, I'm of course joined by one of our executive, exclusive senior contributors, my favorite kind of sea change, and that is Mr. Theodore Buck. Buck, welcome. Hello, America. It's your Sunday son right here. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about two albums that are huge to us. Yeah, they're, they're are, a big are deal. huge. And yeah. I, I listened, especially the first one. Oh my God. Okay, that so was... okay. That was going to be part of the discussion today okay. is so what we're so here's here's how we're going to hash it out is we're going to we're going to go through sea change then morning phase and then I kind of want to compare both of them and that is what I I didn't want to ask you in the pre-show cuz I am genuinely curious which one is your favorite of the two and it sounds like you've kind of already revealed that but mm-hmm. save a little bit you know save save a little bit okay. uh, or give it to us but save for later I I just I, I went in for the bite I just oh, yeah. had to like jump in. I couldn't wait. He's excited, guys. He's excited. Yeah. Um, but why are we talking about this today? So sea change and morning phase are huge departures, right, from Beck's oh, yeah. usual sound and overall discography, especially when you think of major hits like Loser or Where It's At. I mean, these albums are so unique in his history. I already called them spiritual twins. They're definitely spiritual successors to each other. But this was a time when Beck wanted to write simple songs, right? You know, strip things down and just really pull at your heartstrings. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this today, especially, I, God, um, when I did my homework, I was so fascinated about what I learned. So before we can discuss, of course, we need a little background. Beck was born Beck. That is his real first name. It's just spelled B-E-K, though. Yeah, B-E-K, no C. Beck. Beck David Hansen in Los Angeles, California on July 8th, 1970. His mother is famed American visual artist B.B. Hansen, who was often in the same circles of Andy Warhol in the 60s, if that gives you any kind of framework. And his father, David Campbell. Now, remember that name. Put a pin in that, guys. David Campbell is also a very, very famous musician in his own right. He's a celebrated arranger, composer, and even conductor. And so this is this is what I want to start in the in the bio section of our discussion is he was the prodigious prodigious son, right? He was he was the prophetic son. I, I looked at his his mother's artistic background and his father's musicianship, and he was born to become the Beck we know today. Wow, that's that's like <laughs> it's like one of those like when you <laughs> you see the stars aligning kind of thing, or yeah. it, it, you see this a lot in sports too. It's like when two athletes get married or something like that, two famous basketball players, and then. They like produce like a huge NBA all star or something like that. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Like he was it was his destiny to become the artist that we know him today. What's even okay? this is even cooler because I feel like a lot of people know Beck for definitely. I already used uh, his his first major hit loser and of course the the singles from Odelay, you know where it's at devil's haircut so most people know him from kind of this uh electronica rap hip-hop uh fusion his his music is is often called this collage music consisting of many different styles and genres but what a lot of people know and i didn't even know i have to i have to be humble here i have to be humble here full disclosure i didn't even know this but his roots were in folk and country oh you didn't know that i did not know that i actually so, yeah that's something i knew that you didn't know ah mike that's awesome i i think that is so what a revelation to learn that when he was starting out he wasn't doing a lot of the things we've we know Mm -hmm. him as now he was actually doing covers of woody guthrie and all these folk heroes and i was like so again just like i i made the comparison of he was the he was the prophetic son it was his destiny it was his destiny to write sea change it was clearly in him for so long, and then obviously later the spirit, spiritual successor, Morning Face. I found that so captivating that all of his work really culminated to this, and it's still kind of outliers in his discography. People don't really attach 
themselves are, are in love with these albums as much as obvious, of course, us deep divers where we we will always pop. I, I actually think this is some of his best work. Well, remember, like every album that he released prior to this, this is not, I would say, not totally out of i mean it sounds totally different than a lot of them but like remember yeah, all mutations. the albums before this every album was like a new sound it was like a different sound you had like uh midnight vultures was really funk confused um oh, yeah. i remember one of my favorite music videos of his is from from that album you know and then you had mutations which was more i think country kind of twangy that's focused. that's a close second honestly yeah. to these albums i love yeah. mutations i feel like it's so underrated yeah and 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 guys if you're listening and you may may have been living under a cave let's let's uh talk about some of his other notable works so yeah. obviously mellow gold is one of the most famous because it has loser on it mm-hmm. odelay is i think the literal is is a lot of people often consider this as magnum opus mutations guero and then in in recent years he's also he continues to write music and uh, the last two albums was colors and hyperspace but of course today we're focusing on sea change and morning phase I remember Loser just being like, Loser was one of those songs like you were on the playground and everybody was singing it. I'm a loser, baby. Baby. Yeah. What's crazy is um, when I was doing the research for this episode is learning how much that became his identity. You know, the slacker generation of the 90s, right? And he was kind of the poster boy for this. And he didn't really want to be. He didn't yeah. like it. And if so, of course, people were attaching him with the the one-hit wonder moniker and all these things. And I'm so glad he broke out of that. It's funny that the same generation that was called slackers and lazy and, uh, you know, pot-smoking slacker kind of thing, is the same generation that turned around and also <laughs> really uh, bashed the millennial generation, uh, which is kind of funny, too. Well, that's part of the reason he didn't like it, because he was like, no, I, I work my fucking ass off yeah. to to produce these things, you know, even though the, there, there's such a look to the slacker, you know, the long mm-hmm. hair and how they dress and things this like, was like that. This was like the grunge era. I mean, yeah, the right. Was, you know, we we all had we all had flannel uh, <laughs> baggy you know. pants. I, I remember mine. I had a flannel. I had this. I love this jacket. It was a flan. It was a green flannel jacket that had a hood yeah. uh, on it, and uh, the hood was a uh, gray. Wear that. Uh, had my jeans with some holes ripped in them. I was a pretty oh, yeah. styling grunge like ten year old. Oh, I wait, we I, I couldn't afford Doc Martens your... until I was in I was in middle school. <laughs> I, I went through a sk- I went through a skater kid phase. I had, you did? You the had baggy some everything. I had the airwalks. I had the birdhouse skateboard. I I went through a full fucking you know vans and etnies and I was a, I was a big sneaker guy for a while there. Yeah, and um, alien workshop yeah. man. It's I, I didn't think I would remember all these. It's really coming out of me. You know, uh, Jinko jeans are coming back. Jinko jeans, the crazy guys. If you don't know what Jinko jeans are, Jinko jeans were like the baggiest. I think jeans in history. Like yeah, if, Guinness if, Book of World Records. It's not not current Oliver Tree, but previous generation Oliver and Tree. Wide. He, and not he, just baggy yeah. wide. Like if you the, don't know what the, they are, that's what Oliver <laughs> Tree was. God, Oliver Jesus Christ. Yeah, he had um, he wears what he, a character in and of itself. <laughs> now he's <laughs> now he's dressing up like a cowboy. He's he's got like the of country. Of course he is. Jesus the, the uh gaudy country chic thing going on right now, which is <laughs> I, I think kind of hilarious. I, I appreciate Oliver Tree. I I know some people can't stand him, but I I I, I like. I mean, for the comedic chops, right? Yeah. He's yeah. I I think he's he's definitely a product of of our times too. Yeah, you yeah. know, of our it, Instagram, Facebook, social media. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but let's pull it back. Let's pull it back to Beck and. Um, so yeah, he, he wasn't a big fan of this identity. He wanted to also break through and make people not only really take notice, but, uh, learn that he's not going to be a one hit wonder. He wants to stay around for a while. He's an artist and, um, he completely made a left turn with sea change. But, uh, before we hash it out, before we go through our discussion, of course, we need a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. 
Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, well, buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turned to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it won't be disappointed so please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures now back to the show so let's dive right in to sea change this is his eighth studio album released on september 24th 2002 and, pro- and produced by our good friend nigel goodrich people forget mm-hmm. that of uh radiohead fame and and his own fame in, in his own right with adams for oh, yeah. and stuff like that he does he does a little of everything now and uh right away i think let's let's talk first impressions first impressions is uh this is a breakup album it is um you know the first time i heard this album was actually from one of your former roommate uh, in college we were getting ready to take a test we were in the same program and i heard the song playing he brought it to your attention you didn't you, know about you, c I, before you, no i you know i beck had kind because of guess who off. guess who introduced him to sea change was it, it was you me. <laughs> yeah so well so well, by ultimately by succession i introduced you to sea change yeah yeah like i just remember you're welcome buck you're welcome <laughs> well we had he and i had a we had a really early class yeah you know sometimes in college you can have those ones that start at seven um, oh yeah he oh, and i Jesus had Christ. yeah i think it was before a final and he just, he puts it we're we had we're in the lab and he puts on this this album and i'm like who is this and it's like a, and he goes oh it's beck and i go this is beck and i i kind of beck had kind of fallen off the map for me for a while and sure. he's like yeah I'll, I'll burn you a copy later when we used to still burn cds <laughs> for each other jesus christ i know um, our age yeah and and i i could not get enough of this when i first listened to it I listen to this over and over and over again. I think that's a good segue to talk about uh, the tone and themes involved because, yes, it is a breakup album, and a lot of the songs are talking about, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sadness and melancholy and all of these things. But uh, just like Buck said, Buck made a good point because we. Uh, a lot of us deep divers have fallen in love with this album. And I really thought like when I was, when I was listening to this album over and over again and trying to think of a good thesis as to why we gravitate towards this, a lot of us do this. And I think it's with this one word and that is empathy. Yeah. Because, and here's why empathy, like when we hear the sadness and a singer songwriter and they're talking about love and loss and all these things, we can all relate to that. And it makes us feel better about our own lives because we realize, oh, we're not alone. Yeah. We're not alone. Other people are going through the exact same thing. And this is done through the, the vessel that is music. So of course, like, yeah. So when I'm down or there's, it's like a, like, we had a lot of rain in the last week and it was like the perfect soundtrack for a rainy day. And I was yeah. like, it was, it, there's a soothing quality to it too. And you hear that right out of the gates with the golden age, the very first track on the album. It, I, I would say here, I, I, I'm curious to, to hear your, your banter on this. I actually think this is an introduction to the album, but not a tone setter. I think paper tiger yeah, really I think paper, sets yeah. the tone. Yeah. I think this is cause it's almost like a, um, it's, it's not like really a, prologue. a sad song. It's like, yeah, it's more like, you know, kind of setting you up for, it's almost like because of the title and when you hear some of the lyrics and stuff, it's, it's almost setting you up for like a, a totally different tone a, a bit, but like, yeah, once you jump into paper tiger, then it's really starts mellowing down and beautiful song, by the way, with, with the, uh, orchestra. Oh my God. The, str- the string arrangements 
Now, guys, remember how I told you to put a pin in the name of his father, David Campbell? Uh, guess who uh, um, composed those strings for Mr. Beck? Oh, wow. It was his dad? It was his dad. Yeah, his dad uh, did the string arrangements for him. And he's done it, I think, through his entire career. And he has is, he is a long, long legacy, like over 450 albums to his mm-hmm. career list. This is his dad. David Campbell, that is, of, you know, adding music to other already completed pieces. And we see this all the time. And but here's the dip, you know, though uh, Sea Change, Sea Change does have I, I would say it's more of the the folk, the folksy Bob Dylan, you know, blood on the tracks side yeah. of his songwriting than country, where I think Morning Phase, just a, getting a little ahead of myself, but just to jump ahead for a second, Morning Phase is a little more country to me. And this one's a little more folk. Yeah. And and we're seeing that in the main structure, but I think what really st- makes it stand apart, not only for Beck's discography, but it, but a lot of folk albums uh, or contemporary folk albums of our time is the use of electronica. So there's mm-hmm. ambient, you know, there's like those ambient outros and sometimes intros. Like there's just like this little piece of texture he adds to it with ambient noise and movements uh, along, you know, to either elevate the really main body of the piece and then of course the strings come in to just just elevate it to a a level he probably couldn't even fathom when he was writing the song yeah i mean that i think that was the first song i heard off of this was paper tiger paper tiger i think that's what he was playing because i was just like well this is this is deep it's different um and it was like early morning kind of thing i think we were we were listening to this like 5 30 in the morning and i was like whoa this is good for you know this kind of waking up kind of you know (laughs) it's almost like that's kind of how i relate this album a lot to um as well as it's like a good like you don't want the the daft punk bangers to wake up to no that was the other side of our my old roommate (laughs) he would either listen to this stuff or would be like fucking house music or sometimes when i'd go pick him up to take him to school because you know i had a parking pass uh he would hand me a course light at eight in the morning and uh that would happen sometimes yeah he'd be like hey man you want to pre- had fun. Pre- pre- had fun preschool beer <laughs> i was like yeah why not you know i'm, I'm uh funny. yeah uh but pulling it back to uh sea change um yeah paper tiger is an absolute standout and that leads into guess i'm doing fine a little more sad a little more melancholy um all the songs are fairly you know short tight concise and this one is is uh, no different, but I think it's the very next track that is, in my humble opinion, the, the entire the standout of the entire album, and that is "Lonesome Tears." Hmm. And we're seeing so using remember titling is important, and everything has a meticulous you know everything has a meticulous vision, and there's usually purpose in deciding to make you know something written a certain way or named a certain way so we're still touching on on the there's still country elements so using lonesome tears instead of some other word was the first thing that stood out to me was the titling and again we're seeing these epic strings orchestral bodies to the piece and and uh, nigel said this about beck is his vocal registry uh, dropped a few octaves so that's part of the yeah. reason it's a he his vocal is a little more endearing here than in some of his earlier work because it it got deeper as he aged and but it, it was like what a lightning in the bottle thing for it to fit so perfectly with this kind of a sound yeah i'm looking at this because i think like you said i think this is the the main title track well probably my favorite one of my favorites on this one but lonesome tears this is the most prolific like you said i feel like lost cause is really the the that that's what i was most people know i just i would say the deep cut of the album that i think is the best in the standout is it will always be lonesome tears yeah and i agree with you on that one i was looking at um the spotify plays and it's uh the two most popular songs on this album are the golden age and lost cause golden ages has the most plays that's interesting no uh lost cause is the most play golden age is second but the two most so yeah that that makes sense because lost cause lost cause had the most music videos associated with it i think it was one of the first or second singles and i can you know i sometimes like yeah if i'm having a bad day i just think of that it has a it has a incredible uh rhythm yeah. to the to the piece it just it just really flows well and in fact it sounds you know upon first listen to lost cause so this is track five guys after lonesome tears it it sounds kind of happy at first 
And then he goes, yeah. and then you hear the, and then you hear the, uh, the vocal melody and the lyrics. You know, maybe I'm a lost, maybe I'm a lost cause. And you're like, oh, okay, this isn't, this isn't a happy song. It just, it just sounded pretty from the, the acoustic um, finger picking guitar lines. Wow, I'm getting like, just yeah, it's nostalgia. Is nostalgia. it nostalgia no, trip coming it, to you? It reminds me why you said. <laughs> you know, if I can pull back the curtain a little bit, get a yeah, little please. Personal. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. When I first I think why I was dri- like, and I don't know, may, I, this might fit better at the, you know, after we talk about this. But when I first le- listened to this album, I was I was in a rela- relationship from uh, high school um, still. Uh, um, yes, I remember her. <laughs> And it uh, turned into a challenging relationship, yeah, to say the least. And this is when it started to. And I, like you said, this is a breakup album. I think why I love this so much is I was relating to it so much. So the personally, empathy again, just to yeah, bring it around circle. Yeah. Just, just because I didn't know it at the time. Because when you're in your first relationship and your first love, really, you um, have no basis of comparison. Yeah, you have. Yeah, and and it was my first like long term kind of thing, and and. I didn't know it was over at the time, but I listened to this. And I was like feeling like, yeah, this I relate a lot to this and you just don't know. And so like stuff like this really kind of I think that's why it tugs a little bit at you. Um, yeah. Tugs at your heartstrings. Thinking this lost cause. I was I, I just got the all these flashbacks of listening to the song and thinking what I was thinking about at the time. So, yeah, I I. Uh... I understand. Yes, I I feel you. Yes. No, it no, it, it I mean, um well, we have to talk about those things cuz it is it is what it is. It, yeah. it is a sad album. It's a it's a melancholic album. It's a, it's a breakup album and so of course we're going to we're going to attach our memories and our things in our life to something like this. I, I feel like music does that more than any other medium I can think of is I I attach so many memories yeah. to songs and music and albums and i do that all the time i can i um the chromatics kill for love was mm. my last really bad breakup before i got married yeah. and that will always as much as i love that album and i feel that that sense of empathy uh when i uh, when i get into it i will always think of that last love yeah and so yeah no i can i can totally i think dude i think we can all relate to that one anybody listening me you god everyone on the planet next uh track on the list is end of the day um a good centerpiece it's okay i think lost cause is a little better to bring you into the second half of the album but it's all in your mind is another standout to me the the very next track it's uh well all of the songs have kind of a ballad like folk structure to them mm-hmm. but it's all in your mind is um particularly poignant and yeah. part of that is because it was it was based off of uh, Beck just doing a little improv with this guitar line he was writing, and um, I read that Nigel Goodrich was like, "What? What? 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 Stop! What is that?" And then he he played it again. He's like, uh, "We got to do that right now. We we have to record this." You know, kind of in the in the lore of these album histories. I always find stuff like that fascinating. When that's that's I think that is the um, that is the telltale essence of a great producer to hear something and be like oh my god there's lightning in a bottle right there we have Mm -hmm. to record this now and i feel like nigel has always had a history of doing that perfectly he's i think he's the only one on the planet that can tell radiohead and specifically tom york uh no this is shit we're we're either gonna do it again. oh he didn't just say that to radiohead he said that to sir paul mccartney did he yeah if you you listen to tell us tell the good people and me yeah i can't remember what album it it was but i i listened to a um interview with paul mccartney and they were talking about recording it and he said that nigel challenged him more than he had been challenged in a long time he would tell him straight out that's that doesn't sound good that's not good wow no shit. Yeah, and I think that's why he's kind of, you know, he's worked with him a few times. And But, I mean, the guy, the guy, you know, if if you, we use this a lot. If you look at the Mount Rushmore of uh, music oh, yeah. production specifically <laughs> in this, he might be on there just because of his layer, like his layers of sound kind of concepts. And Oh, my um, God, yes. He's the texture. worked with the best. He, he I mean, adds. You have... Yeah. 
a lot of the big names right now will all talk about this guy um just because yeah he he challenges artists to go to push themselves and get out of their comfort zone a little bit too so like you said he 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 recognizes when there's lightning in a bottle but he will definitely tell you when it's not that's why i think all of his a lot of his the people he's worked with has have been so successful i couldn't agree more and i think that is the whole point of the producer not only to make things sound good on you know the the mixing portion of it before the masters just to make it literally sound good because they're producers are always part everything right they're part director they're part engineer they're and then this is the most important i think thing about a producer is they're an objective ear so someone like nigel can say because uh, musicians are so close to their music they don't know when it's truly truly good or truly truly bad i think they may have an idea but then the producer can come in and be like this isn't working or this is fucking uh, this is better than i think you think it is this is amazing like like we need to push into this so um so yeah so that's part of the reason we have it's all in your mind track um the next track on the album is round the bend now round the bend is really really sticks is a highlight for me again it really stands out i think uh definitely uh, compared to all the other songs there's something about it that god i can't put my finger exactly on how to describe it it's just it's it's almost unique for sea change like Sea Change is already unique, unique for Beck's discography, but then Round the Bend, again, uh, kind of talking about those textures and those ambient sounds and those all those all that extra stuff underneath Beck's vocal is um, something that I just just go ahead and listen to it. <laughs> That's what you should do, guys. Go ahead and listen to Round the Bend on Sea Change, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Next track on the album is Already Dead. And the one after that is another highlight, in my humble opinion, and that is Sunday Sun. Sunday Sun. And that's I think that's a good segue to talk about harmony. So he, his use of harmonies, I, I feel like... So the gold standard is what? Um, you know, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. I feel like Sunday Sun is... I, I feel like it does everything. It, it, it does everything that the previous songs were trying to do, and it, it, it really does it perfectly. No, I. this is another great song off of this album. Just the piano kind of playing in the back, you know, first in the in the uh, background, and then that doom doom Yeah. And it's got a little electronic elements to it as well. Oh, yeah, the whole album does. It's just very subtle. It's very subtle. And and this was, you know, if you look at when this was recorded, I don't know if it's because what Nigel was doing with with, uh, the boys back over across the pond, but I think there was a lot of uh, artists kind of experimenting with kind of that electronic sound that not saying like like electronica or like edm it was more like incorporating some sort of electronic element into the recording i would say ambient yeah, ambient, ambient yeah it. that's you know word. like that yeah. ambient electronica yeah. where it's just it's, it's adding texture and effect to the tone and the the body of the work without without being overpowering you know usually we think of electronica uh or what it's evolved to evolved into edm where it it really kind of takes center stage and then we're all waiting for that build and that drop because we love that as uh, as as listeners but this one is is adding foundation yeah and i mean you i mean it's there's a lot of really simple elements to this i mean you can hear the tambourine in the background and like you it, i mean it's just a one-handed kind of piano kind of little riff that he does like right in the middle of the song so i mean it's it's very there's a lot of really uh, simple instrumental parts of this, but when it's fused together, it creates something more complex. And this is, I think this is a great time to talk about the fact that uh, he, he always uses a certain number of players. Mm-hmm. Like he'll, he'll often hire or tour with the same drummer, the same bass player. And this was definitely a, uh, a family, a family, if you will, um, function right and morning phase was the exact same way they they literally used the exact same musicians to record both albums that's why they're really two sides of the same coin uh next on the on the list is little one and then side of the road to close it um and that um sunday sun is is my personal highlight for the, the the end of the album little one inside of the road is good but uh it really doesn't hold a candle to some of those in the middle that we that we highlighted and but it does a good job of you know albums are often cyclical and it, it feeds right into the golden age to start the album again 
from there, we need to move on to the next album in question, and that is Morning Phase. This is Beck's 12th studio album, released on February 21st, 2014, and it was produced by Beck. Now, this one starts with the string arrangement. Again, David Campbell, his father, did all of the strings uh, to make this uh, world come alive. I actually, when I was thinking of this uh, album, I always thought that since it's called Morning Phase, I always thought the morning was the the instrumental intro and then phase was, but it's actually cycle. Morning's an, it's, its did, own song. Did you, when you heard Morning the first time, did it almost sound like Golden Age was getting ready to play? It, oh my God, I'm so, so glad you said that because that 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 was in my notes to talk about uh, in our outline here is Morning is... It's almost the exact same yeah, chord. Uh, it's the same chord. It's almost the same song. Even the rhythm sounds similar. And again, yeah. morning, though cycle is cycle's probably a bigger tone setter just because this one, though it has um, the folk elements and the string arrangements to tie these two bodies to work together, it's a little more on the countryside of his of his stripped down songwriting. Well, if you put <laughs> if you play both of these mu- these uh, back albums, to back, yeah, they go they go perfectly, right? Cycle is almost like an interlude. Oh, that's like a, a good way to interlude. that's a that's an yeah. excellent way to put it. Yeah, cycle so is yeah. That's what how I've always kind of viewed it as is like it, it, it's maybe not intended to be this way, but if you play them back to back. This is kind of the the part where you know there's a change, they, and they and they do work. And we should talk about the uh, the themes involved here. So, Sea Change was a breakup album, uh, love, and then loss. And for some reason, Morning Phase is is not a breakup album to me. It's more like I found new love, and now I'm going through the trials and tribulations of what a real commitment is and and must be for to maintain love. It it's and so. Obviously, there is difficulties. There's challenges with. I think we can all relate to that too. If we've, if you've ever been in a long-term relationship, there is a lot of barriers and uh, difficulties along the way to get to new heights, new levels, whatever it may be. It may be marriage. It may be children. It may be finances. It may be careers. But I think we can all relate to when we have loved and then lost. And then loved again, and then we knew something was special. But then we're still once we're in the middle of it, a new level of work begins. No, I think that's a good way of saying it. It's like, yeah, it's 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 definitely another chapter in the book, and then it comes with its own challenges. So we started with cycle, we went to morning, and then I feel like morning phases paper tiger is hard as a drum. So the third track on the album really, really opens up the world that this album is trying to bring you into. Whereas Cycle is, that's a perfect way to put a book. Cycle is, is an interlude, even though it's in the beginning. It's at the, the beginning of the album. We've seen that, be- we've seen that before with other artists like uh, The War on Drugs and things like that. A Morning is the, the prologue and then Heart, Heart is a Drum is, is uh, now we're in the world. And yeah, I, I highlighted this one. I, I bolded it in my, in my outline here because it, it really is a standout. It's part of the reason it was a single. Um, a little more country, a little more, a little more mature, I think, in the in the in the craft and the songwriting. Yeah, some of it I got. I was trying to think of what I had heard before that kind of sounded like this because I would say around 2014 there was a lot of albums that were coming out that kind of had this kind of same sound and feel to it. And I'm thinking of like artists like Father John Misty and oh yeah, you, you could even go to his band like Fleet Foxes or something like that. Or he was the um, drummer first, bands. right? He was the drummer for, for yeah. Foxes, he was the drummer, and then, then he, he left. And he left, and and now he's Father John Misty. So he's he's front and center. Yeah, which songwriter, an artist. I have actually seen him live. He's good. Yeah, I have yeah, too. He's great. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big yeah. fan of his. Yeah, me too. I really like his. It was stuff. a pre gym gym uh, of the week for you guys, Father John Misty. Check him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pre gym gym. Um, it's definitely in his albums. There's a lot of humor too, which I like. Yes, um, and a lot of biting social commentary on our times, like. He has oh, yeah. actually. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go through a little tangent corner here. He actually had a very famous rant off. You know, like artists have like a moment on stage and they just fucking rant and rant and rant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has one. I think he had did it at Coachella a few years ago. You, I think you can YouTube it still to this day and to see him kind of go off on all of these things he hates in in society right now. 
Uh, but let's pull it back uh, to Morning Face. So uh, the next track on the album is Say Goodbye. Say Goodbye is another solid one. Uh, the next track on the album is Blue Moon. Uh, but it's it's until we get to Unforgiven that I feel like we're we're taken to another world again. No, not my favorite song on the album. That's the very next one. We'll get to that in a moment. But Unforgiven is it's so minimalistic but so powerful. I feel like this is a masterclass in minimal minimalistic songwriting. Yeah, it's ethereal. It's a, a bit it's a lot more atmospheric than the rest of the album as well. Almost like uh round the bend. You know, this is kind of like yeah. um sea changes round round the bend is unforgiven. But that's until we get to wave. I feel like wave stands on its it, it's complete home. It could even be, I could, I could see this as like a 12 inch single where it's not really put anywhere on any of his discographies. Cause it's, it's so moving. It's so powerful. It's a lot of people compare it to pyramid song actually, because of the string arrangements and the, and the, and the weird rhythms involved in my notes. That's actually what I put is it's, no it's his pyramid. song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've played, you know, and that's a song too. And maybe it's my I favorite. I don't, I don't, I think I hinted at that. Yeah. But, uh, I just, just for the record it is my favorite song on this album. Hands down. It, it's, it's, it's very pretty. It's very, again, atmospheric. It's almost like, yeah, you, you go through, um, on an almost a different, like you said, you could almost separate from the album itself. It could be its own. Single. It really stands apart. Is, yeah. It stands alone. Yeah. It stands apart. I'm just, you know, right now I'm just getting into the, the mood of it. And so I'm just taking, <laughs> are you listening to it in your, stuff. in your monitors? This is what I do every time. Yeah. I, I play it in my monitors just because for me, it, it helps when I look at my notes and it also like, basically I can get more into the, the feeling and in the description of the sound yeah and it's so it's it's almost completely orchestral guys if you haven't heard this song it's completely or it's, it's like just like an orchestra and then beck's vocal especially when he goes into the bridge and just says the word isolation over and over again i think it you remember when i you know novo gets a little hippy dippy and sometimes the universe becomes one i i talked about this no. with um how many edibles <laughs> i talked to just two i talked about this with our in our beatles episode on be. uh a day in the life when he goes into those ah, harmony yeah. sections and it is just it's transcendental and wave wave is the same way um i just think it's it's probably gosh you know i i don't think we talked about this in our pre-show or we've talked about it ever so this is a perfect time to talk about it on air is i think this is maybe the best song he's ever written in his entire discography really i would go so far to say that yeah wow yeah that's that's a big uh that's a big that's a that's a big yeah, yeah big, statement. big statement yeah uh yeah. so guys and that's i think i i don't think it's a coincidence that's we talk about centerpieces and albums all the time that it's right in the middle and that's why i think i think it really does it really holds the piece together well um let's move on i'm gonna gush too much if we don't move on let's move on to don't let it go uh, another very solid solid song but it's the next one on the album that really stands uh apart again and that is something i wanted to highlight and that's blackbird chain so blackbird you know blackbird chain like you can just just saying the words makes me the makes makes the song re-enter my mind again we're, we're dealing sounds with like incredible blockchain. sounds like blockchain blockchain oh god uh check out our other episode on blockchains by uh the, we have a whole show on nfts nfts yeah. um but uh, yeah Black, blackbird chain again he's a little more country it's a little more um yeah has that those country aesthetics um more so than the funk but again it still is so back you know because he has those ethereal undertones and things like that i think this is a good segue just to talk about beck's musicianship i feel like he's he's so underrated so this guy's a, a multi-instrumentalist and during the during the 90s when always kind of frowned upon to be a white rapper he did it in spades no one ever criticized him he just kind of he like he always kind of like sat in this weird lane and never was really criticized for his his artistic visions yeah i i don't know if he's necessarily a white rapper i think he had one song where he kind of did like a little rap i thing feel like there's so many was, songs I mean, that he where he raps there's well, a ton. I mean, he might. It's like kind of a talk, and, it, and that was kind of popular at the time. If you look like 
at other bands around that time that were doing it. Like the one I always think of is Cake. Oh yeah, God. No, Cake. That, that mon- I always think of that monotone vocal. Yeah. Dun duh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can't. I'm not even gonna try to imitate it. Yeah. The stormy weather. Yeah. But yeah, pull it back. Pull it back. Yeah. But that that band has God. That band has a huge following. I'm pretty sure they still they're still active to this day. I, I still, I, I think still, still, they, they, still they pop. Yeah, I think they're touring through where I live here pretty soon. I still see them pop up on my radar and be like, oh, "Okay." I think they have a very hmm. strong. Okay, well, keep doing your thing. I, base. you know, yeah. we're no, I, we're I kinda, think it's great. Yeah, we're like, the kind of show we're we're never gonna shit on anybody. Like, I, I like I like some cake albums. I'm not gonna lie. I did the same thing with this is a great tangent corner. I did the same thing with Jimmy Eat World uh, recently. I was like, oh, these Jimmy guys are still Eat touring. Yeah, I saw. The, Whoa. There was a God. There was another band that came through here that I was just shocked that they're still together because they had like one hit. <laughs> yeah, and some still, some are still, still just... too. I mean, like Third Eye Blind still too. I mean, like they. I'm I'm impressed yeah. with some of these pop acts that came out in the '90s and they're just like, ah, oh, we're let's just kind of keep going. We people what, enough was people it come Smash to Mouth? Smash Mouth tour was it Smash Mouth tour? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, didn't their like lead singer quit because he? Was, oh like, yeah, so I think there was some there was some cancel yeah. culture backlash. <laughs> he, yeah, he, you guys, yeah. it's hard to talk about politics in this industry. You can't can't uh, mix those worlds together sometimes. But let's pull it back and let's go into the next orchestral piece after Blackbird Chain, and that is the song Phase. Um, it's just a sweeping string arrangement. It's it's very beautiful, yeah. and it, it helped again to. to tie uh this is more i feel like this album kind of goes in thirds so it, it ties the the last mm-hmm. third of the piece together and that uh moves into um turn away and that was the last one i highlighted on my on my list turn turn away it's a, a, a again incredible use of harmonies and and um and just a master class in songwriting and then we actually I think we need to just get an album of of novo singing <laughs> songs away. yeah i either do yeah, i either I do the we drums could, we have enough content i, I know he could just, like, <laughs> i either do like the drums to just cut it for like a commercial yeah i either do the drums or i do like just a little little harmony well when we start yeah. well uh, a lot of people don't know this um you know we we always have mute our own music in the oven one of these days i'm going to actually take it seriously and maybe we'll release an album not maybe it'll happen eventually i may be old and gray and wrinkled and no one will care about well, me hey. but uh, uh you know it could happen i don't know will do happen. you you do you well you know what you know what makes me feel better every time i think about that every time i think of like did i start too late did you know is is, is... oh i th- i've been having that all the time like oh it's too late for me to start yeah like well the kids well the kids like it still and i every time i think about that i immediately think of bernie sanders i was like if this if this man that that is like a, a like 200 years old can connect with like gen z and and the youth then then i can too oh i always think of like uh this is really old uh i think of like bob seger oh really started his career super late like he was in his late 30s yeah uh we're not uh we're not we're not we're we're not super old old i mean we're definitely starting some of oh, these i'm super old old i don't know what you're talking i, I think about. we're starting these uh some of these worlds a little late but uh well, we'll see. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'll, so I'll release my first LP when I'm 60 or 70, and maybe, yeah. maybe it'll still resonate. Who knows? Next on the album is "Country Down," and obviously having "country" in the title, it's very clear that how this album leans on the countryside. And um, they busted out the Telecasters for this. Oh one. yeah, and the steel really guitars throughout the album. It's, it's um, yeah. oh, I love slide guitar too. Uh, but let's take it home. Uh, so after "Country Down," I will say this: "Country Down" is very solid. Uh, another great song. And then uh, "Waking Light" is a, is a really great closer, and uh, it brings the whole album together. "Morning Face." I uh, think it is such an an excellent testament to his body of work, uh, to wh- who he is as a songwriter and a and as just an artist. You know that we we've never been able to put Beck into a box. We want to say, oh, he's the loser guy. Oh, he's the Odele guy. And then he did fucking sea change and made it work. And then done a lot of weird Guero. You know the information, modern guilt. He like then oh, he I went love. Yeah, he went he completely went uh, left turn again. And then he comes back to morning face. Yeah. And then he took a break. Yeah. For about six years. I think he had a spinal injury that hindered him from putting stuff out for a while. And he does. Is that why he wears big hats now? I don't know about that. 
But I mean, he, I think he's just he's just an artist, uh, true and true. And um, so he, he, every once in a while, he does little acting things, and they're always like tiny, tiny roles, like in an SNL skit. And he, he does a lot of other things. Obviously, his music is his is his is his main flagship. I can't remember if it's it's one of his songs or if it's one of hers. But I just I just got this image. He, is him and Sia are in a, like a music video. Sia like um, chandelier. Sia that that yeah. Sia? Yeah, yeah. Before she started covering her face, yeah. I, I don't know if they were like well, that's like either zero seven days, right? People forget she was in zero seven seven. Maybe after that, when she her first couple of solo albums, I don't, I don't remember think this. So well Beck and Sia did a collab together. What? I don't know if they were collabing or they were like hanging out, but they were in some music video together. Huh. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. But let's uh, let's pull it back and let's let's compare. So I oh no, they did collab. They, they did, did collab. collab. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at this now. Okay, interesting. Uh, let's pull it back to see change in morning phase, and let's end with um, a quick comparison and uh, final thoughts. First, Buck, which one is your favorite? Which one do you lean towards? Oh, definitely morning phase. Really? I thought it would be sea no, change. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Joking. No, it's definitely sea change. Well, because yeah. mine sea is change, morning I think I've, I I lane No, mine is sea change. Okay, why? And well, I think I think the a big part of it has to deal with when I first heard it back in mm, like how it attaches to memories. Yeah, and experiences. How it attaches to yeah. It's more sentimental for you. To, is that it? It's more sentimental, and obviously, I listened to it a long time. But I, at the same time, even though it has that emotional attachment, it's something that I've always kind of pulled up every once in a while and listened to. Just if I want to listen to an album that I really like, and I don't need to have like a high BPM, uh, something to kind of get me bumped up um yeah <laughs> it's, it's always EDM. something that i've kind of reached out to need my morning dose of edm i um <sighs> i yeah i'm i lean more on the morning phase side i don't know what i think it's i think maybe the the songwriting and the craft is a little more mature uh and it, and it leans more a little more on the country side but also the a little more polished production and then of course i've always been a sucker for strings so it's it's leaning more on the strings yeah. a little more and um which is perfect for this talk because we always do this we're we're, we're two sides of the same coin me and buck and uh, we often find ourselves loving the same things but usually being on the opposite ends of those spectrums and so it's it's great He's a little bit country i'm a little bit rock and roll <laughs> Oh, that was perfect. Yeah. So that is a that's a perfect segue to our conclusion. Buck, take us on home. Tell the good people why they need to really give some time to see change and morning phase of Beck's discography. Like we've been kind of framing, these are companion albums. Yes. And a very storied and wonderful uh album catalog of a particular artist. So uh definitely I that's why I say if if and I've told told people this before. If you're getting in the back, you need to listen to these two albums together. But yeah, I, I think they're a departure, maybe the sea change from what we were used to. And it was a pleasant departure and basically shows kind of the, you know, music, musical range and, and uh, artistic range of a particular artist that I, like you said, I, I think he gets overlooked a lot in some respects, but I think he's also very well known. He's an anomaly that way. Cause yeah, I was trying to, I was like, he's, he's both underrated and very rare at the same time yeah so so definitely check him out i've seen him in concert i think twice now. i've seen him oh that's a perfect way to that's a perfect place to end i've seen him once and it was right after the morning phase um or yeah, i think it was during thing. the morning phase uh touring well, it was during that tour. yeah yeah and um he yeah. tell me if he did this for your show he he made a joke that he they they were going to be their own opening act so what they did was they did a full set, like an hour of just sea change and morning phase type of tunes, and then took a you know took an intermission and then came back and did did the hits. Yeah, Odele he did the similar thing. Loser, yeah. and it was like all all the rap, kind of like, rapping and the loud bombastic songs. I felt like it was more like an encore kind of thing is what he did, but I if i remember right he did a similar thing yeah. <laughs> That's oh man, uh, so guys, there you have it. 
Beck's sea change in morning face from top to bottom. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank you. I want to thank my guest, Buck. But before we go, you know there's a little more for you, a little icing on that cake, a little cherry on top with what we call the gym of the week. If you don't know what the gym of the week is, it's something we like to do here at the end of our shows that doesn't always fit into the main scheme of uh, the episode. It's uh, often something that we're maybe into in the last day or so week or maybe even month and we got to give it to you guys so you guys can dig deeper i um i'm i was pulling at at straws this morning so i i'm gonna let you uh i'm gonna let you go first because mine is oh mine is short and know, sweet mine is like mine mine, mine i've been i've been having a lot of trouble yeah i was having a lot because, of trouble yeah and i think it's partially because of the time of year like there's not a lot of new stuff i've found that's totally came out and blown my mind true uh one thing that i have been doing lately and this is kind of a sneak peek to what i've been starting to get back into again okay um is i've been going back to a lot of songs that were sampled and maybe some hip-hop or some um more electronics songs and going back through and just listening to a compilation of those interesting so like is there like spotify playlists or something to this i'm making one ooh, but like ooh, send it out to us like ooh, so ooh, like montel jordan's get it on tonight you know i've been going back to uh not this is how we do it that that's original. the gold standard this is how we well this do is how we do it, it but uh uh get it on tonight oh buck singing this this episode guys yeah we're we're Um, a little treat but going back to like his and i'm I'm trying to pull up the name of it's uh love for the sake of love by claudia berry Mm. and that's what got me into this i was like i wonder what that sample is and uh, i've been going back through that with a lot of songs and it's and, and why i do this folks is when you love some of those songs like from the 90s or um you know a lot of those uh remixes or samples that you hear from a lot of other songs Mm -hmm. if you go back and you like that kind of beat or rhythm you can end up really liking the original song and then that opens you up to a lot of music that you may never experience before so maybe a lot of uh either funk or uh things like that so that's what i i kind of try to do and and um kind of led to back when i used to do dab a little bit of djing so are are our shows uh, uh making the creative juices flow i hope that like when we do yeah. things together you're like ooh, i should get back into this i was at a, a specific thing and we needed a playlist and I, I put on one of my favorites, uh, the either go by Soul Wax or Too Many DJs. And I've seen them. They came to Denver one time and it was amazing. But nice. these guys are kind of like Girl Talk. Where, oh, uh, even nicer. Where I'm they gonna see him mi- mix and talk. Yeah, they they yeah, that, that that's what actually brought it uh, to forefront in my mind as you were telling me about this. Yeah. And, and I if you like Girl Talk, really check out they either go by Too Many DJs, Too Many. So the number two many djs or soul wax depending on what they're doing um but they have these remix albums and you can find them on youtube and vimeo um but they are amazing just matching up i mean dolly parton with uh puff daddy interesting (laughs) it's amazing so that's awesome man i i've always admired that so i've been kind of getting back into that well there you have it uh another thoughtful gym by mr buck uh mine is like i said short and sweet been a lot on my plate lately as well so i uh me and my wife started season two of euphoria very artistic very artistic vision to how a show is made and uh, they do it off they or they pull it off uh, excellently so give that if you haven't gotten to season or yeah if you haven't even gotten to the show get into the show and then yeah fly through season one and then start season two where we are and we'll we'll catch up at the end guys thanks again for listening if you like that of course you can check out our kind of stuff at underscore novo underscore day day is de and at novo day media you can of course check out our website novodayproductions.com there you'll find products like the entropy sessions post meridium adulteration cancel culture lotto and a lot more to come so don't forget to like and subscribe follow it hit that notification bell if you're watching this on youtube please comment rate review do all the things smash that like smash that like button smash it and if you'd like to sponsor our little love child here you can always reach out to us at novodaymedia at gmail.com but until next time guys be good to each other and as always good luck and godspeed we love ya art of the beholder is brought to you by novoday productions created and hosted by novoday and the novoday collective facebook.com slash novoday media at Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram.
Music by A Company, facebook.com slash acomusic123, Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com, and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved. Sunday sun.